Hello and welcome to UK Wildlife Podcast. I'm Neil Phillips. And I'm Victoria Hillman. And we have with us, not one, not two, we've got, oh, I can't even count them. There's so many guests. We have a plethora of guests from the um, podcasting world, the wildlife podcasting world. We have Susie Buttress. Hello, Susie. Hi there. We have Ryan Dalton. Hello, mate. And I should have said Susie Butchers from Casual Bird Podcast. We have Ryan Dalton from Into the Wild Podcast. We have Jack Perks from the Bearded Tip Podcast. Hello, Jack. Hey, up, you're right. We have Rachel Horowitz from Hidden oh, Hidden Wings and Bloodlust. Yes, I did get it. Podcast. Hello, Rachel. Hello. We have Emma Bridson from what? What's it? Oh, what's on her? No, that's not it. <laughs> that was a good start, and my brain's completely dead. <laughs> For what it's Earth for podcast, it's thanks Earth? so much for having us. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Just tell me what your podcast called before I make a complete fool of myself. Did I get it right? For what it's Earth podcast. So nearly. For what it's Earth podcast. I was close. You got, you got all close. the right words, just not quite in the right yeah. order, so we'll forgive. If you need anyone to take over go. hosting, Neil, just let me know and I'll... I'll yeah, I know. Maybe there was someone else that could host the podcast, yeah. Um, uh, and we have, we have Ellie and... Oh my God, your name's, I've been listening to your podcast all last week. Don't tell ben. me. <laughs> Ben, Ellie and Ben from the, the gar- Wildlife Garden podcast. This is going really well. Name. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot Ben's name. Not just a podcast, I forgot Ben's name. This oh. is the best beginning to well. anything ever. Yeah, the, excellent. The, the other day when I was when I was recording an episode, and I, and I, Neil, you're not the only one to have done this, because the other day I recommended Ben and Ellie, um, Ben and... Yeah, um, Ben and Ellie's podcast on the show, and I kept on getting the name wrong of both of them, and I listened to it back. I'm like, no, that's not right. I've got to do it again. <laughs> yeah. The beauty is you can just stop and record it again, whereas I can't do it on this one. <laughs> I also got confused between like the UK Wildlife Podcast and the Wildlife Garden Podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of people just oh, call us Belly if that's easier. <laughs> ah, Belly. <laughs> Two for the price of one. <laughs> There you go, I should have gone with that. Never mind. Right, well, some people may be familiar with the um, <laughs> the term too many cooks. We're going to test today if there's such a thing as too many hosts on a podcast, I think. Um, oh, oh dear, this is going to be fun. So, uh, we're going to start off, we think, in honour of Ellie and that other bloke whose name I've forgotten already. Oh, no. Don't worry, Ben, I'm only joking. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about wildlife gardening, I think. So... Let's start with Susie because she's top middle on my screen. Can you recommend well, what thing has worked well in your garden for wildlife, would you say, Susie? Leaving a hole at the bottom of my fence mm. for a hedgehog highway. Oh. So every night I have three or four hedgehogs in my garden and I'm really, really happy about it. I've got a hedgehog box, but yeah, every night, and this has been going on for quite some time. Wow. <laughs> they, they came out of hibernation probably the second or third week of February, so really early. And uh, they've been out there huffing and puffing and making all sorts of noises for a while. But yeah, I've, I've also spoken to some of my neighbours to ask them to make sure that they leave a gap at the bottom of their fence, if they're having new fence panels put in, to just leave uh, a space for about um, six by six inches, something like that. It can be a little bit smaller, just so that there's a way for hedgehogs to move through the gardens. Oh, yeah, because you can get the um, the concrete base you get at the bottom of fences. They they actually make them with the holes in there, don't they, as well, which is really nice. That's right, yeah. I, I actually just got the guy who put ours in to just put it to one side and just, and just leave. Oh, yeah. And then we had a batten between the fence panel and the post, so that made the hole. Oh, brilliant. But, uh, yeah, I've seen those uh, baseballs with the hedgehog highway through it. And um, I'd recommend it, you know, if everyone, if everyone is having their fence done, 
make sure you've got that space. Yes, yeah, I don't think they cost any more, do they? The, the one to the hole in. I think they did that on purpose, which is really good. Ryan, uh, other than your lovely lemon trees, what have you got in your garden for wildlife? <laughs> um, there's no way I'm putting them in the garden, mate. They're staying in that. No. <laughs> I'm protecting them with my life. Um, so <laughs> last year I built the wild area. So I've, I'm in London. I've only got a like 15 foot by 15 foot patio garden. So I've got no flower beds. So I've kind of had to like put plant areas in. And last year I made a pallet wild area so i got a pallet off the street and i lined it and i was adding stuff to it so this year is the year it's kind of all grown up and flowered so the lavender i put in is the pineapple lavender's really bloomed this year i've got yellow corydalis which has grown even more which bee flies absolutely love um and then also the bees are coming around it now and then i put some i scattered some wildflower seed in just to see what takes and it turns out field poppies have actually gone insane and they're all about to bloom and all about to... I didn't know what they were at first because I thought, oh, I don't recognise this. But I've got about 20 of them, which just look incredible. So this year, it's really starting to come into its own. It takes a full year, things like this, to kind of grow in. So yeah, this is my little mm. thing that I've done. I've also got pots of plants everywhere, but that area for me is my kind of my haven for wildlife. It's nice to just sit there and watch all the pollinators enjoy it, really. Oh, brilliant. Well, mm, I, I wonder if we can guess what Jack's going to say <laughs> for wildlife in the garden. <laughs> Well, I mean, the obvious thing to say is a pond, isn't it? But I mean, yeah. I, I would say everyone does a pond and then they do. F- can we? We can't swear, can we? I'll Sorry. beep you out. Don't worry. <laughs> all right, um, and then they do f- all around uh, the edge of the pond. And I think the important thing is to do surrounding habitat because if the frogs or whatever, you can have the best pond in the world, but if there's nowhere for them to branch out into, it's useless. So. Uh, I'd recommend a high binaculum. Mm. Like dig yourself, and it's and that sounds really fancy. But literally, it's just a hole with some sticks in it is the gist of it. But it makes a huge difference because if they've got somewhere to hibernate, then they're more likely to uh, stay and obviously return to your pond the following year. So I've got two two hibernaculums in my my garden. And um, I also, around the edges of my pond, I've left the grass. I don't cut the grass, so it's really long grass all around it. And the frogs love that. Whenever I'm deciding Mm. to go frogging, I'll have a look and there'll be frogs hiding inside the long grasses so not so much the pond but around the pond leave it a little bit more wild and not so tidy and and that'll really benefit the wildlife yeah i mean vic you were saying last year that the froglets coming out of your pond were feeding on all the aphids and green fly weren't they and, uh, yeah your little wild patch around yeah the pond, so. yeah the, the bit that i've got around my pond because it goes out into kind of wildflower patches everywhere and then out into like a little mini alpine garden on one side and yeah, they they just come out and they just find them eating all the little invertebrates and stuff. Yeah, marvelous, brilliant stuff. Rachel, have you, what's your tip or your favourite thing you've done? So it's not really a favourite thing. Basically, like we had a sage plant and it mm. was getting really, really big for its pot. Like I'm sure, like the roots and stuff were like fully swirling around and in in, <laughs> in like this tiny little pot and basically because like me and my mum are moving like we wanted to like we took some cut we took like some some cuttings like from the from the sage like in the hope of because it's really good for wildlife we had like last year we had like um i think we had we had a two spot and we had um to be fair i collected that one <laughs> and put it on the sage and it 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 did well we had like seven spots we had 16 spots um we had like the little in- inconspicuous ones plus blue tits go mad for eating all the aphids on there as well basically but the plant you know it's very bursting out of its pot and so just kind of like it was looking quite sorry i swear it was looking quite sh- and especially when we had the frosts 
it looked like it was kind of like on its last legs. So we didn't kind of debating what to do. And now, like in the last two weeks, there's been loads of rain, and so we turns out we actually don't have to do anything, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's always good. Right. Emma. I mean, how can I follow all of those? I wish I no, had no. room for a pond. That's the one thing yeah. I'd love. I'd love room for a pond. Yeah. Last year, I went a bit mad in terms of like vegetables and fruit and then had to think, hey, this garden's not just for me. I need to make it really good for wildlife as well. So I've chucked loads more wildflowers in this year and I recently made out of, um, out of a scrap bit of wood, I drilled some different holes in of different sizes, gave it a little roof and I've made like a little... Uh, potential bee habitat and i stuck it on the top of my fence in a quite a high patch and um something has moved into it this week so i'm really excited um so i'm i'm hoping it's a bee i'm not very good at iding (laughs) the uh orangey colored is it orangey color yeah that's probably a red mason bee that's what i've got hordes of in my really yeah fantastic Um, i think i'll probably mention that in a minute um (laughs) it's i'll go for you victoria and i think we'll end on ellie and ben i think (laughs) Well, I, I, we've been in our house quite a few years. And then last year during the first lockdown, we actually decided to rip the decking up because I hate decking. You know, it, it's got no use for anything. So we ripped the decking up and actually put slate chippings down and then sowed wildflowers down one side. And if you go out on a nice sunny day, the amount of spiders and stuff that actually use, it's quite big slate chippings. It's an amazing habitat for invertebrates and then it's got the wildflower patch and um like ryan said it, it takes a year for things to come up so that now is coming into flower my red campion is huge absolutely massive and i've got a plant that's just producing four-leaf clovers which is amazing and i've got we we actually leave you know n- none of this no mo may rubbish we have no mo year because i just can't be bothered to cut it to be honest <laughs> but you know i've got bee orchids in my front garden again so you know, it, it works. And then, you know, I've got a pond as well. So, so yeah. yeah. I'll go next because I don't want to follow Ellie and Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I haven't mowed my lawn in a year, which is quite fun. Because um, I've got like loads of cool plants coming up now, like red dead nettle and stuff. But I think I'm going to go, I'm going to sort of copy Emma. Because <laughs> I can't do pond because Jack's on that. But I've, I built a full-size bee hotel five years ago, six years ago. I literally went into, and I haven't done it since, Pound, one of the pound shops, Pound Land, Pound Shop, one of them, did the edging, but it was bamboo. So I had a pre-cut hotel, bought five or six of them, drilled loads of holes. And if you think, if you think one of these things, you know, we're talking about six inches across of bamboo, canes there's about 50 holes in that i reckon if not more every single one is full up that's the right size for a red mason bee so if i go down to the end of my garden when the sun comes out this time of year it's a swarm of bees buzzing and i'm waiting for one of my neighbors i actually explained to my nearest neighbor they don't sting don't worry and they're just like huh what they didn't even notice (laughs) i can see them from my kitchen which is 10 10 15 meters oh i don't think barn's that big 10 meters away so I can see them buzzing around in the, in the sun. It's absolutely fabulous. And um, I've got one my dad made about 10 years, well, when I first moved out. So, God, when's that? Seven, eight years ago. I've got that on the apex of the roof of my shed as well. And that's full up with bees as well. And it's also a favourite perch for the wren and blackbird to sing on, which is quite nice. So multi-purpose. But, uh, yeah. yeah I, I be, both, you know, obviously ponds, but I don't want to be too obvious. So I'm going to go bee hotel because that is, my kids love it because they stand there with the bees buzzing around them. Uh, I have yeah. to kind of explain to him that other bees can sting, but not those. So. I've been sort of unsuccessful in my attempts to like make my mum participate in mo in no mo may, but 
we've got a really lawnmower, so it doesn't really yeah. make any difference anyway. Really get... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've just been like... sabotaging it in the shed, yeah. haven't you? Sneaking yeah. down no, in the it, evenings. It, it, it Pulling out the wires. It, like, you know, it, it just, it's just really It's like about 30 years old. And so, you know, like it trim, it kind of trims the grass and like maybe cuts the stem off the old dandelion. But like, you know, most, most of it is still there. <laughs> Well, hopefully Ellie and, and Ben can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, my mower, I think I've actually got it. I literally do have mine stuck <laughs> on yeah. the highest setting. I can't work out how to get it to go down, but um, that's great because it just goes. It might take out the daisy flowers and and heads when I'm forced to mow the lawn. It takes them yeah. out, but of course they're, they're back again yeah. in a week or two. It's brilliant, and my my kids just love blowing dandelion clocks. Mm. So mm. that's my excuse to leave them now. <laughs> But Ellie and Ben, you know, no pressure. Well, you guys are amazing. I mean, we should have expected that, I guess. But that all sounds fantastic. We have to be a bit careful when we talk about our garden because we actually rent. So we're always worried that our landlord's listening. We've done done loads more than we should have done, basically. Everyone always talks about use pots. We didn't use pots. We got rid of the lawn. Yeah. Anyway, he's not come round for a long time. So we're all right. Maybe maybe it's traumatised. <laughs> yeah. you, have you taken a picture of the garden before you modified it and to be stuck on the window in case he comes round? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you no, what, Ellie, I'll make you feel you, better. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make you feel better. I'm not allowed pets in my house and I run, run a dog daycare company. So if my landlord's <laughs> listening, I'm... <laughs> so now we're both in trouble. <laughs> okay, you win. Oh, that's you win. brilliant. Well, to be fair, we also kind of have pets because we often do bring in the wildlife into our house. Um, <laughs> not all of it is welcome. Like vine weevils as gardeners, we probably oh, shouldn't be encouraging them, but we found them in our <laughs> in our bathroom before. Yeah. Anyway, no, that's indoors. I, I think uh, our best feature is probably the ivy at the end of the garden. Mm. That sort of did itself. Yeah, we can't take credit. We can never take credit for the best things, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's a really small plot, probably similar to Ryan's, maybe even smaller. And yeah, there's it's wall, walled at the end. It's just a very urban, like, terrace garden, but it's got ivy growing up it, and then it extends, like, the height of the wall by about four foot because it's grown up oh, like wow. a tree. And we've got all sorts of birds. And we're pretty... I mean, we're really lucky. We've got blue tits, and we had blackbirds nesting... Um, we've seen goldfinches. Yeah, goldfinches. Had a chiff chaff around. Actually, Victoria, you um, you said you get goldfinches in the summer only. That's that's the same as us. Mm. Like they, they, yeah, they, they feed off they feed off the napweed in the autumn. That's it. Yeah. No, we're really lucky. Yeah. So, but I think yeah, the ivy is the best thing because I mean it's just such a fantastic plant for creatures to hide in, for things to eat, the pollen, the nectar early in the spring. It's just mm. absolutely fantastic. Um, yes, it's one of the latest flowering, isn't it? I think it's autumn. Brilliant for wasps when they've been putting out the nest, which probably yeah. isn't the best selling point for it. But it, it's, it's, <laughs> you get some cool hoppers. And apparently it's what um, spotted flycatchers nest in most is ivy. So, you know, no, you, never know you might get lucky one day. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, that would be pushing <laughs> it. Think, that be? If you could see outside. <laughs> My boss gets a spotted flycatcher nests above their kitchen window most wow. years hopefully it's come back this year so i can photograph it again but um that's that's the thing i'm probably most jealous of i shouldn't admit that because it's a bird but <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty spectacular yeah well not even spectacular there's something about spotted flycatchers that are you know if it was 50 years ago we'd be like oh they're everywhere but they're, they're, you know essex is a handful of breeding sites i reckon now it's really sad but um very sad yeah well well i think that's a, a good bit of gardening now i should let the listeners know 
that um, I actually sent three questions to everybody, apart from Victoria. Yeah, apart from me. Have we <laughs> done? Have we done wildlife? Have we have we done wildlife sightings yet? Because I've got a really Oh, yeah, good that's good. Yeah. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, yeah, because um, I haven't totally forgotten the format of my own podcast. <laughs> yeah. At least I have an excuse listeners. because I've been taking a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was good, wasn't it? I got I'm so, I'm so keen on remembering the gardening thing, I forgot the main thing. Yes, we'll start the podcast. No, we we'll, we'll start the bit after that bit of the podcast with um, latest sightings. So um, oh, we'll, we'll start with Ellie and Ben this time since they went last last time. Any decent sightings recently? I came face-to-face with a bank vault for the first time in my life a couple of days wow. ago in the woods, you know, like right next to me. That was really lovely. And I saw oh. loads of... Um, I was down at Nottingham Uni and saw loads of great big black flies and I couldn't work mm. out what they were, but then I think they're alder flies. And what did, did they, Were they by a lake? Yeah, or they right just by the lake. Yeah. Did they have sort of like a, a stained glass window that's window right. model? Yeah, yeah alder flies. Yeah. yeah, and I've never seen those before. And they, yeah, they're because really, they're, they're big. They're well, I, I guess the, I think is it the female is larger, and she was probably I usually think it was about I an inch really... long, something like that. Yeah, big fly. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the larvae of those, Jack? Are they the rat rat tail things? No, that's no. the hoverfly. The hoverfly uh, larvae are a bit like um, if anyone knows oh, beetle larvae, it's like a ground beetle larvae or something like that. But they've got a, they've got um, gills all the way down the sides. Oh, they've like, got tails yeah. all down the abdomen, yeah. and then they've got one a pointy one at the end. So they're, they're pretty cool things. I think you photographed them, Jack. Yeah, orange. orangey coloured. Yeah, and, I, I have seen them. Yeah, they're one of those the weird weird insects that's easier to identify as a larva than a than an adult, which is normally the other way around, isn't it? But uh, yeah. So anything, anything for you, Ellie? Oh, or? I do I get to go as well? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, this is actually with Rachel in mind. I think we had a 22-spot ladybird. It was, well, it was outside, but it crawled onto oh, our wow. bed sheet when I pulled it in. <laughs> and I've never seen one before. I've not was, seen one this year. Yeah. I, well, I think, I'm pretty sure it was that, because it's small and yellow-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but- I was very excited about it. Did it have a lot? It had a lot of spots. <laughs> yeah, it did. Sorry. It actually moved to it And also on the blue tits, blue tit sex in the ivy, actually. That, that happened this week, which I was quite excited about. That's amazing. Here we go. No, nope, he's not going to touch it. Ryan's too high. <laughs> sorry. <for> that. <laughs> We're talking about yellow spotty things in the bed sheets and then the blue tits. I can't handle this. I cannot handle this. <laughs> I set you up. Ryan. Can I ask a quick question about the blue tits, Ellie? Yeah. Um, were, were the was the courtship uh, with the male sort of fluttering up and hovering above the feet? So I'd never seen that before until this year, and I've managed to get some on video, uh, some of that courtship behaviour uh, twice wow. on video. So I'm really pleased to hear someone else oh, say it. So I've thank you. I've never seen oh. it before either, and it was kind of I saw sparrow sex for the first time this year as well it's been quite a sexy spring <laughs> what a year um, you've had <laughs> lockdown life <laughs> bird porn what do we do for fun um, yeah I've never seen it before but in in both species they kind of they almost t- sort of sounded like chicks in their tweeting like it's like very high pitched and yeah it was interesting but I saw that courtship definitely yeah, and, and I also saw the male feeding the female. So, and I think, and obviously, I've done that. I've seen that with robins as well. So that's uh, another aspect to it. But um, yes, I'll have to share my little videos with you because yeah. uh, I was very proud of taking those. <laughs> share, share your bird porn videos. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, what's up? Because I've, I've seen get the, really um, messy. Yeah. <laughs> 
we've managed to keep it highbrow up to now, so we're doing all right. Actually, we've had a minimal swearing, and um, because I have seen that, isn't there? Um, I've seen the sparrows do it. The female does the and the robin actually. The female does begs like a chick, doesn't, doesn't it? And people get confused. They think, how's it a fledgling at the start of March? You know, it's because it's the females, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, we've seen the sparrows doing it as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, Emma, have you had any recent wildlife sightings? Do you know, what? I had a really oh, no. cool one recently, which I was super excited about. So, I went back down to Dorset to visit my parents, and they live kind of near some heathland that's got some quite sandy habitat. And um, and I was like, do you know what? This would be a good place to see sand lizards. It's a it's it's, it's a bit of a shot in the dark, but I'm going to go out first thing in the morning. I got there really early and was having a look, and uh, managed to find a female sand lizard basking in the sun. Amazing, and they're super. They're like the one of the UK's rarest reptiles. I mean, not that we have very many of them, um, but yeah, I was super excited. And about this time of year, like they're coming out of hibernation, they're starting to bask. They're going to be looking for the lads and the males. <laughs> they 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 um. What a phrase I never thought I'd say. <laughs> anyway, um, the males, like their, their entire flanks go a really bright iridescent oh. green, the kind of green that you wouldn't believe they should go. So I was really hoping to see one of those, but I didn't. But um, I'm hoping there are plenty out there for that female to find because soon they'll be uh, starting to find like breeding sites and, and lay their nests and dig their nice little burrows. So, yeah, I was, I was dead excited to see that. Oh. If, if anyone else seen wild sand lizards? Uh, not not in not in this country. Uh, I, I I was out with a friend of mine on the Surrey Heaths, uh, which is a, another hotspot for them. And we we're looking under the smooth snake tins, and she'd seen one on this hill when we walked past. On the way back, we had another quick look, and I walked up to where she saw it, and it wasn't there. Took two steps back, and you know when you just see something and you just freeze. This beautiful green male. Uh, it really is. Oh, like you say, it's a green male. you can't. Yeah. Um, it's the only male I've ever seen. I think I've glimpsed females before. And, um, oh, it was just... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, anyway, I didn't sorry. even think that. Then Ryan's <laughs> chuckle sent us all you down just, the You've farm. all got to stop this. You can't keep talking like this. <laughs> and, yeah, and I just, it was one of those sort of slow motion, moving the camera around, trying to get... I got a few nice pictures. It was, uh, I just timed it right because the sun was just coming through the cloud. So it just, yeah. Oh, it's nice. all about timing with these things, isn't it? Oh, fantastic. Sound lizard. Can't top that, I don't think. But uh, Rachel. Yeah, so I actually, last last weekend, I went to Perryville Woods uh, with my friends and we discovered quite a lot of, in- well, we discovered, but um, <laughs> found found quite a lot of insects. Um, and there was also some slow worms. That was quite cool. But the other one I've kind of like, I know I've been like boring Susie quite a lot with this, but we've got some coal tits nesting in my wall. I know I've been going on and on about this to Susie. I'm really sorry. Um, But yeah, so they hatched about maybe um, like 12 days ago because I've just been like, you know, every time I get like, I'm just like looking, looking at them and seeing. And uh, yeah, so we've had the coal tits in the wall and we've also had... I guess the the usual we have quite a lot of um long tailed tits and um green we've had like a couple of um quite a few goldfinches and one green finch in the garden and then my house is quite close to like some farmland and fields and stuff. We also get um skylarks and that was quite quite cool. And of course oh. the usual like wood pigeon sex like <laughs> going on all the time. <laughs> Always back to bird sex, guys. I haven't seen any bird sex. I'm quite. I'm feeling quite left out. Yeah, I'm in doubt. They, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw very interesting um, courtship behaviour. Actually, um, they actually did. It was actually really funny because they didn't have sex, 
basically what happened is that the, the female was trying to eat seeds and the male just came along and like kept on like going and standing in the seeds, like, you know, pecking her and then like bowing repeatedly. And she just was not interested. So in the end, he just gave up and ate seeds with her as well. Mm. I've seen that happen. <laughs> I've seen that happen yeah, yeah. to guys no, in Leicester no Square. Comment. I was going to yeah. say something about getting a lot of trouble. Uh, <laughs> uh, about cold tits in the garden? That's yeah. nesting. That's pretty good. I, I don't, yeah. Yeah. They, they're they're in, yeah. They're in the wall. They're yeah. in like a little gap between like some bricks and stuff. And yeah, they're, they're in and out and there all the time. And now you can actually, sometimes when I go outside with a cup of tea or whatever, I can actually hear them chirping away in there. Oh, and um, I've also seen one of them do that fluffy, with that fluttering thing with the wings when it sort of stands outside the nest, like on the on the branch. Mm. It's sort of, um, maybe it's just like, I thought it was kind of like a maybe display, like trying to get predators away or something. I don't know. Hmm. No, I'm not sure on that one. Yeah. Birds. <laughs> I mean, who's interested in birds? I, mean. <laughs> I am. Susie, it's not as interesting yeah. as insects. Susie, defend, defend them. Defend them. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I daren't. It's such a full room of people that <laughs> may not like birds. <laughs> I, I think Ryan might take the, the biscuit on that one. You're starting to turn now, aren't you? Oh, well, I have to, just I mean, to keep um, people happy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean the ultimate uh, one is um, oh god, her name's gone from my head. Um, Vic, who did we have on entomologist? Not Ash. Um, Erica. Uh, Ash, Ash Whiffin. Ash Whiffin. Mm, She's been she bird watching all this winter. The lockdown's driven She's her turned mad. Turned to birds. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, turned to birds. We told her so, off. But, uh... <laughs> you know, someone that's worked under Erica McAllister and um, Helen Roy. And she's turning to birds. But to be fair, she lives on the coast near Edinburgh, so that gets some pretty good stuff up there, always catching everything. So, yeah. All right. We're up to you, Jack, aren't we? Any good sightings uh, yeah, recently? Uh, well, keeping on the theme of tits, I did have um, some blue blue tits checking out a nest box in my garden this morning, which was lovely because my garden's not really very birdy, so that was really nice uh, to see that. But, I mean, something that's a bit... More interesting. No, I suppose tips are interesting, but um, uh, <laughs> so, I saw a good, a good, uh, a good load of river lamprey. A few. I know you were after some lamprey, weren't you, Neil? Yeah, I, you're just I doing saw... that. Telling me this to rub it into me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're rubbish. Um, I saw probably I don't know two hundred maybe spawning, oh. which was absolutely mental. It's incredible to see them, and they're um, they're quite a rare fish. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, that's the only one of note. I mean, I've seen. I saw a kestrel earlier. Uh, there was a hare, fox, things like that, but. I see quite a lot of wildlife, so I get a bit numb to it, if that mm. makes sense. The life of a wildlife cameraman. Well, yeah, exactly. And so, country I mean, farmers enter. I should have introduced you, shouldn't I? Now, as, as well, yeah, I guess, yeah, probably, pr- probably, you now? probably best, probably best not to with things I'm going to say. <laughs> 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 let's let's just separate those two. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, lam- lamprey shagging is the the highlight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was going to say fish sex, but technically. Well, that, well, there's no such thing as a fish, is there? Yeah, there is that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a podcast on that as well. There is. Yeah, it's a very good podcast. <laughs> yeah. I've not, I think I've, yeah, I'm listening to that. Yeah, it's on yeah. my list. It's on my list. Yeah. Uh, go on in, Ryan. Um, Any good sightings recently? Yeah, I mean, it's been a bit weird in London because I've, I've not travelled out of Islington, and whilst we've got lovely parks and Hampstead Heath nearby, like the wildlife's quite samey. It doesn't really. It's quite hard to find something different. And it's obviously been very busy in lockdown, so it's been quite hard to spot stuff. But 
I think the highlight for me this year is I first of all saw my first wild adder, which was just incredible. Oh, wow. Um, And it was actually, not to get too deep, but it was at a tough time. I was going through some family stuff and then I saw it and it really helped me. It picked me up a lot. And then, Mm. so that was really nice. And then after that, a couple of weeks, I met a friend um, at an undisclosed location because it's an adder spot and someone will say where it was, but it was in London. um, Mm. And we actually went adder spotting and ended up finding another nine adders on that site one of which was um, one of which was melanistic so it was like just incredible day so i think that would top it because after a year of just going to the same green spaces and like as much as i love them and i adore them um Mm. i now know them you know better than anywhere and I i feel like they've got smaller so it's nice to go somewhere else and see something that I'd never seen before. So I think that's got to be a highlight. Unfortunately, they weren't shagging. So sorry to go off your topic <laughs> of animal sightings, but um, they were, they were certainly, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks later, they would have been. Um, but yeah, it was, that was, when you say London, sorry, Ryan, when you say London, like, I know you can't say exactly where, but like, is it the sort of thing you get the tube to see them? Like how, presumably not central London. No, but um, I, zone four, so okay. south, yeah, so not, f- it's a bit busy suburb area, definitely not central, not city, okay. but de- definitely, yeah, suburb area, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I had no idea there were adders in London, that's awesome. Well, there, there's a few spots, there's a handful inside the M25, and I'm trying to think what one that's going to be, Ryan, because someone did tell me a few of I'll, them. I'll put it in the know, WhatsApp um, group, guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, it's undisclosed. <laughs> I hate when people it do stuff like this. It is in a nature reserve But if you do area, want to see adders, contact your local R group, is what I'd say. <laughs> yes, but, um, yeah. So uh, the most important question, Ryan, is how long did the theme tune take to get out of your head after you saw the black adder? That's <laughs> <laughs> such a UK gold question. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> but every time someone says it, I'm going to be humming that for the next day. Do you know what the funny thing? I was with um, Sean, I can't remember his surname now. Um, he's the, yeah, you know Sean the Vet? Does everyone know Sean the Vet on social media? I don't know if you do. Sean, he's got a... Um, oh, I've come across him. Yeah, yeah, he's a great... But I met with... He's who I met. And we were told that in the area that we were looking was, oh, there is a melanistic one that lives around here, a male. And as he looked under, he went, oh, is that it? Oh, no, that's just a burnt stick. And then carried on. And yeah. I looked and went, no, Sean, that's a snake. That's moving. So I can't believe it. A vet couldn't tell the difference between an actual snake and a bit of driftwood. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it was great. It was a wonderful To be fair, experience. they do... They do uh... The, the camo and an adder under bracken is just ridiculously oh, it's insane. good. It's, it was actually it was it in um, the the melanistic yeah. was in gorse as well, so it really kind of hid it. Especially the time we were, it oh, wasn't yeah. in flower or anything then. So yeah, it was really really well hidden. Yeah, no, no, I've I've um I find up. So I can't laugh too much because I lifted up a bit of carpet today and spotted a slow worm. And it wasn't until I sort of started positioning to get a picture, I spotted the other slow one that's actually closer than the <laughs> other one. <laughs> Could have been lent on the poor thing. But, um, oh, brilliant things. Right, Susie. Um, well, I've just come back from a week's holiday in Suffolk Ooh. and had a very wildlifey week. So it's a bit hard to know which, which thing to tell you about. Um, but the house we were staying in had massive gardens. So that was amazing. Um, and... I had fox in the garden, in the front garden one morning that was chasing a robin. So it was kind of dancing up and down the, I've never seen foxes act like this. Well, I haven't seen them very often anyway, but this was just like running up and down and, and sort of 
jumping up on its back legs trying to catch this robin. And of course, the robin was was flying around very quickly. So it was almost like the the fox was dancing and pirouetting trying to catch the the robin. Do you think it was really going after it or it was just playing? Uh, Yeah, it possibly was just playing because it didn't didn't try very hard. But I mean, the robin was so agile, it wasn't going to get it anyway. Um, but I was, it ran up and down the lawn doing this. It was just uh, amazing to see. Had a monk jack deer in the garden. I know monk jack aren't, aren't massively popular and we had pheasant in the garden again, not massively popular, but things we've not Mm. seen, we don't see. So, um, you know, interesting to see, but one of the best, uh, and I had brand new bird sightings that I'd never seen before or heard before. So that was good. But, um, the best moment, I think, was we had a small nature reserve close to where we were staying and uh, we were sitting at the lookout point. There was like a little raised platform you could sit at to watch the um, or to listen to the bitterns and watch marsh harriers from. And um, it was a sort of misty evening and we saw some movement in the reeds and I realised it was a deer, except it wasn't just one deer. It was about 16 deer and they were red deer. Um, which I didn't even know you could get outside of Scotland. And um, they were just moving through the reeds and one by one they'd sort of spot us and sort of give the message to each other and sort of go up really high and look at us and then go back to munching again. But we'd just been listening to a bit and just been watching two marsh harriers flying around and then suddenly there were like 16 red deer just in the reeds next to us as well and it was just like magical. So that was my best sighting. Nice. Sorry to have made you all go to sleep. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I like a bit of Suffolk. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I, it's I, my first visit and um, yeah. I was really, really impressed with it. I presume you went to Minsmere at some point. Did you? We did, yeah. yeah, we went twice. I did my global big day last oh, did, uh, Saturday yeah. was the big day and I uh, did that one of, I went to three different reserves, but Minsmere is where we ended up. Oh, um, but yeah, I'd never been to that area before and uh I'd highly recommend it. There's yeah. so much to see. And it was really not very great week, you know, lots of rain, lots of wind, but there were some lovely calm moments too. Mm. But I had my first nightingale, oh. you know, my first herd nightingale, first bittern. Uh, I saw a woodlark, saw a garden warbler that I'd never seen before. And there was one other bird and I've totally forgot what it was. But um, yeah, I had like five lifers and then these wildlife sightings and, and just having this wonderful garden. And it was so quiet at night. There was no traffic noise. So first thing in the morning, obviously I was up every morning for dawn, getting dawn recordings. And it's just stunning to hear all of those birds. And it's so different to where I live mm. on an estate. Mm. You know, it's it was a real window into what it could be like. <laughs> But never mind. <laughs> At least I've had it for a week, yeah. you know. We're not bored, Susie. We're all insanely jealous. Well, the bird yeah, is I among us. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not because I'm here. Hannigan, you put yourself in the bracket of insane bird. Yeah. Though, well, you, you wait till I tell you what I've, I did on Monday. Then I'm going to have to um, hang my head in shame. But Vic, if, if you want to go first for me. It's going to be really short and sweet because for um, various reasons, I actually haven't been anywhere. Um, other than my own garden so and um, it's been pretty horrible as well it's been a lot of rain uh, a lot mm-hmm. of wetness uh, but my frog I still have one frog that is in my pond and I see him every I actually go out and check on him every single evening now that is my life I go and check on my <laughs> pond or on my on my one frog that is still in my pond every night um, and that's pretty much it really for me unfortunately oh. That's not weird. I do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Yeah. It's not, it's not weird, but do you talk to them? 
Yeah, yeah, they talk back sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah. you know, out there at midnight having a conversation with the frogs, you know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, I've done that as well. Yeah. I usually swear at them yeah, when I, when I, when I, like, when I found, I think last month, I think it was, I found that large ladybird and I think I, think I like, as I, was ta- as I was, like, sort of looking at it, I was just like, oh, no, sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you, like... <laughs> In doing this podcast, it feels like we found our people. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Vic, if you were going we to admit that to anybody, this is the group yeah. of people to admit yeah. that to. <laughs> well, yeah. the, other, the other thing I did do at the weekend, um, because they were getting a little bit big and I've got um, seven straight days of workshops coming up, so I wouldn't be able to look after them, is my, I mean, I think I mentioned this on a previous episode of our podcast where I rescued some toadspawn. And was keeping mm. the tadpoles mm. in a tank in my kitchen. And I honestly, I would come down and speak to them while I'm making my breakfast in the morning. They would get fed as well. Um, they've actually now left the kitchen. All 20 of them, a nice big juicy tadpoles, and they are in the back in the pod now. Um, so hopefully but they'll be toadlets later in the year. They're getting a nasty shot when they don't get cornflakes every morning, though, <laughs> Porridge, Neil. They get they get porridge. Ho- they get porridge ew, every morning. Ew, ew, we're much posher down there. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's a weekend, then they get pancakes. I love the way you said that. That actually sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds amazing. Where did you rescue the toad spawn from? Um, it was actually from my parents' pond. Uh, mm, we okay. we we had to clean it out because we think the farmers yeah. had been spraying and something had got in the pond, uh, um, yeah. and we had to take mm-hmm. a lot of stuff out and try and sort it out. And it was mm. it wasn't looking healthy. I actually didn't expect it to hatch if I'm honest. So I was quite shocked when I got 20 tadpoles and then didn't quite know what to do with them. It was like, <laughs> uh, okay. So, but you know, all 20 have survived. They're big and juicy and hopefully there'll be little toadlets in a few months. Excellent. What did you see, Neil? Um, I have, I have a shocking admission to make. Where is this going? I did, I did a little twitch. Ooh. For a bird. Oh, Neil. <gasps> Neil. In my defence, it was a shrike. You know, it was come on, shrike, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was a, a woodchat shrike. Oh, a woodchat even, shrike. even sexier than a redback shrike. I mean, come on, it's a robin that's got a raptor bill. You know, <laughs> so wow. You got, and it was only twenty-five minutes from my house, so it wasn't a proper. Oh, that's uh, amazing. Most, most twitchers just go, God, that's not a twitch. You know, <laughs> it's down the road. Yeah, but we hate um, those people. And I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> can I, I heard that podcast. <laughs> can, can I make an, um, an admission? Yep. There was a rare bird where I was. And although I went and saw the twitchers standing there, I didn't even yeah. try to look at the bird. So I was physically in the location where this bird was. Mm. But... I knew I'd have no chance of recognising it because it was a broad-billed sandpiper, which is a kind of wading bird, oh, and it was yeah. far off with a whole load of other wading birds. And the chances of me being able to work out which one was it was uh, pretty remote. But um, it's up there with yeah. But there were lots of lots of twitches there, and I just thought I can't imagine what they would think if they thought I'm standing here <laughs> and I haven't even tried to look mm. at it. Well, if um, you can't twitch, twitch the twitches. Well, exactly. Yeah. That was quite interesting, yes. Like a, like a Russian doll of Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> you can always fake it, Susie. I've done that. I go, is, is, it, is that it next to the thing? I can't, I can't quite see. I've only got binoculars or something like that. You know, even now I've got a clue. Yeah, no, I took a photograph. Possibly I've got yeah. a photograph. You know, there's a yeah. dot in my photograph that is it, but I'm, I'm not that kind of birder. Oh. Some of these ways, I mean, it's not quite goals, but we won't go down there, Ryan. No, <laughs> so, don't even. 
Yes. There, there, there is one, there is like three goals. I'm sorry. It's like, you know, all these, well, okay, Iceland goals are a bit different, but all the ones that are basically herring goals, I've got no time for. <laughs> you know, Otherwise, it's Nessa Backback and Herring Goal. The rest of them, they've just made up. I'm sorry. It's just rubbish. No, there's oh, a, collect- ooh, the there's a collective primaries. term for them, Neil. They are all yeah. called <laughs> talks. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, that's not- yeah, that's one name from yeah. Or seagulls, my wife. My my wife thinks it winds me up and calls them seagulls in front of my kids. It's like, yeah, they're birds. I don't care. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm keeping although, quiet yeah, about all the insects. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I think the, the one the one insect it's really hard to tell apart, of course, is is bumblebees. Mm. And I get, I ordered. I remember, like, I get, I went to a talk on bumblebees, and I thought, oh, that'd be cool. So I picked up like a leaflet to uh, to identify all the different types, and they all, I'm not lying, they all look in those books exactly the same. And they do look like, pretty similar. And well, I mean, uh, maybe they do. Maybe they don't look the same to like a bumblebee expert. Some of them might look slightly different, but you know. And then I was asking, I think. Uh, Richard Comon, like I said, oh, what's this? It's like, how do you know that? Because they all look the same. There's, a, there's, a, there is a, there's a few gateway bumblebees. You got the tree bumblebee. That's nice and easy. It's yeah, orange the tree and black. Bumble- the tree bumblebee. That's nice yes. and easy yeah. one. And then uh, the the red the red the red tailed bumblebee. That's that's different. Yeah, that's true. And you've also got the shrill carder bee, which is dead easy. Unfortunately, unless you live where I do, you can't find it. It's the only place. It's oh, and a bit of Pembrokeshire. Yeah. It's a, so it's easy to ID, but it's restricted to like. <laughs> Sorry, can we, so a handful of sites in the history. Yeah, exactly. Can we journey back yeah, to the phrase yeah. "gateway bumblebee"? Yeah, I like, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Now picturing you lot all sat in a circle, going, "Where did you start?" <laughs> <laughs> it was with a bombus lacorum. Oh, oh gosh! Oh. <laughs> Sorry, it had to, it's it's the like, only bumblebee name, I know. Name, well, name my, I know. My, <laughs> I my name is, it. Yeah, it's like my my name is Rachel. I'm a bumblebee. Bumblebee-aholic, yeah. and I first found my first. Um, I, I saw a bumblebee many years ago, and now and now I've got a nest full of bumblebees. Exactly. I, I'm addicted to the buzz. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I went there. I went there. We have to be oh, nice because it's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, I think it's time to swiftly move on to the next question, I think. Um, now, I gave a bit of it, rather than your favourite animal, I thought I'd put a bit of a twist on it, and I went with, what is the best animal in your opinion? So not your favourite, just the best, and I'll be very, um, I'll let you justify why it's best yourself, because it takes the answers of me doing it. But so, um, yes, I'll start in the middle this time, let's go with Jack, because he's looking very thoughtful and uh, in the, you know, using that degree of his that um, Ryan kept me bringing up. <laughs> uh, well, the degree is pretty much a doorstop. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, the best animal, cause it's a really vague question. Like yes, how do you quantify purposely. best? So exactly. Um, I mean, <laughs> I would say dogs, dogs are the best. They can sniff out cancer. They can find trapped people. Uh, they can, provide companionship dogs are just amazing so they're the best animal hands down two put them in nature reserve but otherwise yes <laughs> they are brilliant yeah, yeah, yeah whatever they're scary, scary i do actually, contrary to popular belief i just want to say something now i don't hate dogs although people think i do i actually rather like them i would have one if there's someone at home all the time <laughs> to be quite honest and yeah my kids wouldn't torment the poor thing um but uh yeah 
No, that's a bloody good answer. I can't really make much jokes about that. Because like, I was trying to think of wildlife. I was like, well, there are yeah. animals that are my favourite, but they're not the best. But like mm. dogs are just, I mean, I mean, Brian's probably a bit biased because he looks after like 40 dogs a day. Or, or, or Literally, you as you're talking, my dog just started barking so she can sense. Well, he knows. <laughs> he or she knows. They've, they've, they've picked up on it. So, um, and the amount of joy that they bring. Mm. So, yeah, mm. just easy. I mean, much better than little furry murder machine cats, for sure. <laughs> Ooh, that's, the pol- that's the polite way. There's another word yeah. I used, but I won't bring I, it I, out. Oh, um, Check out Jack's podcast to find out what you To be said. fair, I, I probably <laughs> used some, some very um, interesting language when I found out the cat had been using one of my planters as a toilet yet again this week. Uh, yeah, like... Yeah, they did, oh, God. He, he, the amount... Well, I did, uh, yeah, no. I'm not going to go into that <laughs> rabbit. That's a rabbit hole. That this, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. It, and I will say <laughs> it is Dogs not is my cat. Answer. Oh, it never no. is. It never is. It never is. is. It when, when My advice would be start <laughs> oh, using dear. the same language, but at the owner, not the cat, and it works a lot better. Yeah. Well, mm. true. I've, the problem is there's so many cats on the estate, I actually don't know which one it is. <laughs> yeah, that mm. point. I did, I, did, I did actually throw a bottle of water over one that was actually sitting in the tree in the front garden, though. <laughs> did you I, did, get I it? came back from my run, it was sitting in the tree looking at me, so I took the top off and just emptied a bottle of water over it. <laughs> Good stuff. Good Haven't stuff. Haven't seen it again. No. Yep. Right. Ran into the road and got oh. hit. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I, won- I once kicked a football and hit one with it when I was a kid. And in my defence, if anyone's played football with me, you know that um, I didn't think in a million years I'd ever hit it. But I, I sort of kicked it nowhere near it and the cat ran towards the trick of the ball. <laughs> Stupid. It, don't worry, it wasn't. It wasn't hurt because it ran off and it was fine. But I, I felt really guilty afterwards. But um, to my not... defence, th- this cat had emptied my pond of goldfish. Well, there, there is. <laughs> so I was a little there, bit. There um, is a cat. Which these days there's no, a no, cat. Good. I kid you not. But, there's yeah. there's a ne- next door to me. Um, they, our previous neighbours moved out, and we've now got new neighbours in. There's a bird feeder that hangs off the off the end of the the garage, and this cat sits underneath this bird feeder and stares at it for hours every single day it's never going to get filled up and no birds ever visit it it had that bird feeder has never had food in it for as long as i've lived here and it sits there underneath it and just stares at it for hours on end well that's good yeah and cats meant to be super smart stupid <laughs> I, I really hope no one's picked cat as the best animal it's going to be really awkward it's going to be really awkward now isn't it yeah Right, um, let's go with... Um, oh, we'll go down. We'll go to Emma next. What, what is the best animal in your opinion, Emma? I mean, this was a seriously tough question, but mm. I think I've come up with a solid answer. And it's the beaver. Because... Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Good choice. Calm down, Ryan. Yeah, one, yeah, sorry, Ryan. I'm really leading you for this one. Um, because... Just you know, two two beavers in a in a what is to start with just a really small stream can create the most amazing wetland, which can support an mm. insane amount of biodiversity, bring life back into an ecosystem, mm. sort out flooding and drought in the area, and capture carbon. I mean, maybe they can't sniff cancer. That was a really good tick in the box of the dog, but I think a beaver <laughs> still stands up really well. I mean, we might be able to train beavers. We don't know. Has anyone Let's tried? Give it a go. Hmm. <laughs> I, to the best of my knowledge, someone. there is no research paper okay. on training beavers to smell cancer. There's a PhD out there for someone. 
yeah. <laughs> that's a good choice though yeah and best of all jack the best thing about beavers is um that we don't have to classify them as mammals and like boring furry things because the catholic church officially classes them as fish oh yeah oh, right. you could eat them on a friday so well they did millions <laughs> millions of years ago not quite that long ago millions long of years ago, ago. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I went I went to paleontology mode then, is that a no? <laughs> History. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're really, really cool and they provide mm. like an amazing amount of ecosystem services. It's just bonkers what, okay. what this one creature can do for, for us and for everything else. It's funny, I was listening to this um Into the World podcast about that on the way to work this morning. <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? It's a very good episode actually. Yeah. You can find it on all major podcast apps. Yes. <laughs> The host is a bit off, though. I think, yeah, he's, he's not great, but he's very good looking. So, yeah. <laughs> Shame on the podcast, that's of no benefit. <laughs> Got a face for podcasting. <laughs> that's, that's what I always said to Vic. That I have it, not that <laughs> Just to be clear. Wow. Just to be clear. Wow. Bloody hell, Neil. Why, why don't you, why don't you just well, kick look, there's me a hole, down dig even deeper. while I'm feeling oh, crap. Like, like all think, good friends. Yeah. I, think, I think you should... Like you stop being now. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to the I mean, independent <laughs> podcast just by Victoria now. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. The annoying thing is now Skype has moved everyone round, so I've now lost track. I was following a route round the screen. Let's go with uh, Emma. We've done now. We've done Jack. Let's go on then, Ryan. Um, What's your best animal? Did they have to be a UK one? Did we decide that? Does it have to be a UK? No, no, no. no. You can be whatever. Well, Jack's, Jack's done a bloody domestic well, animal. Yeah, so. Well, actually, interesting. <laughs> on Jack's point as well, I was the same because I was like, well, if we're talking best animal, that you know, mm. then it would be for me dog. But then also how we're defining it, if it's the animal that provides the best comfort for me, it'd be people because I get along with them and mm. they're the best. You know, I don't, I don't hang out. I don't go to the pub with deer. <laughs> so do you know what I mean like so people so I'm but, trying down an idea for a business hold on <laughs> but then I was like okay but like if I'm actually just talking for Ryan like what animal do I love what animal have I always loved and I class them as the best it would be crocodilians I absolutely love them and I think there's when I, I've seen them I'm lucky enough to see them in the wild and when I did there was something breathtaking about them the, the sheer size I saw saltwater crocodile is a male in uh, north east coast of Australia. And it was, I think it was about 17 foot long, I think. And when you see it in the river, there was something just so breathtaking about a, a reptile that big swimming near you. Um, so for me, they're hands down the best. Whenever I've seen them or been lucky enough to get close to them, they're always just kind of that animal that I'm like, wow, you're incredible. And just, you just know they're prehistoric as well. That's, I think, you just look at them, you just know, there's no doubt about it. So for me, they're the best animal. They're just, they're apex predators. They're awesome. And yeah, they're great. That would be my best animal. Oh, good choice. Living dinosaurs is, well, let's count birds, obviously. And we don't. <laughs> Which are technically dinosaurs, <laughs> but let's go down that rabbit hole either. Uh, Rachel, best animal. Um, I wonder so, if we can guess. Ho- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i mean i i I thought i shouldn't say like my fate my what well, what my favorite animal is because i think you can kind of guess that but i kind of i decided in the end to go with the uh the great tit because one it's got a name that like everyone finds funny i don't you know every, everyone like everyone everyone <laughs> kind of like claims not to find it funny but but mm. but it but it but it is funny. <laughs> yeah. And two, um, and and two, the great tit, like you know, they they're nicely coloured. They've got like a 
<laughs> you know, they've got they they're really nicely coloured. Um, so that's another point in their favour. The other thing about them is that they're very intelligent, and you know, they've there's there's been like reports they've like used pine needles as a tool to like dig out ants and stuff, and they've also like being recorded as like eating the the brains of of bats that, that they find mm. and there's also like a sort of a brood parasitism thing going on between the the blue tits and the great tits some the blue tits have been known to lay an egg in the great tits nest and some and i think occasionally the same happens like the other way so mm. i mean it's not necessarily my favorite animal um, but I think like it's got all the, it's got quite a lot going for it, so I think I'll just say That's that. That's a good choice. Yeah, an, an underrated <laughs> common animal, and uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my favourite. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a meme. I've seen the meme on the internet. The zombie great tits because yeah, they're yeah. they'll they'll pin down red poles and pick out their brains. Yeah. And they also they I think it was both them and blue tits learned to uh, open milk bottles and yes. stuff. And yeah, so and of course it's like an animal that you can see every day. And uh, it's 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 pretty it's pretty underrated, and the name the name is funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone can argue with that. To be quite honest, I mean, what is it with ornithologists? Tits, boobies. Um, was it the, the scientific name of um, blue-footed boobies? Oh, boobies! I've got this obvious one. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the scientific name of thrushes. Well, thrush for a start, but um, turdus. I mean, come <laughs> on, are they just <laughs> they're just trolling us, aren't they? Yeah, women ornithologists. Yeah. yeah, that's a good choice, actually. Uh, Ellie and Ben. You can pick between you who goes first. I think we had the same one, didn't we? Did we? No, you yeah. said mine was crap. You definitely said mine was right. <laughs> you can, you can, in practice, that's like produced by animals, not an animal. Well, I, I started I'm thinking. I'm actually. What, what were you going to say? The earthworm. Yeah, worms. Worms. I'm going to say oh, yeah. the really underground oh, wow. guys. Because I, I thought I got the question because I'm on the WhatsApp and Ben isn't. So I had a bit of a head start. But I was thinking about what has the greatest impact on everything. Mm. And I preempted, mm. well, I thought beaver because obviously that does. And that. Guess what? what? I wrote worms next to beaver. Yeah! <laughs> I was like, I don't know enough about worms. I know more about beavers. So if I get any techie questions <laughs> with a worm, I'm just oh, like, yeah. they're great and we need loads of them. Definitely don't, definitely <laughs> don't ask with the beaver. questions. All I know is that I dig up a lot of earthworms. No, I know they, yeah, they're just fantastic. Like we'd all be neck high in detritus if it wasn't for them plants grow because of their poop basically and like they just make everything work they they aid drainage in the soil as well with their holes they're just really fantastic creatures that we would probably not really be here without i think yeah mm-hmm. so if there yeah. were no worms and all the other life in the soil there'd be no nutrient <laughs> cycling so no vegetation so none of these other animals so worms win yeah. Have, do we, does that mean we win <laughs> we haven't had everyone yet but who's so have, who who's who's left we've got Vic left and Su- have you been to you yet Susie I'm getting very confused no, now and I'm I'll right, just go, go with you next then oh, Susie <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's moved everyone round I, I've got when I saw that question I was just like this shouldn't be hard but it is so no. hard because I can talk about my favourite animals but I don't know really mm. enough about other other animals to know what would be the best one? What would be a good reason? You know, I, every animal I picked, like, you know, oh, a whale. No, I can't pick birds because obviously I like birds. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go with bumblebee. Or actually not just bumblebee, but oh. any of the pollinators. Because mm. my understanding wow. is that they are cru- crucial to us being around and having food. Um, so from my limited understanding, 
they are a, they must be a, a, a good animal to have. Mm. So I'm going to say that's the best animal. Although, you know, I was quite keen on the beaver when yeah. Emma was talking about it. So no, Emma was talking about yeah. it, sorry. So, yeah. um, but I'll say, I'll say B. And that's, that's good. Yeah, B rather than honeybee because yeah. everyone says honeybee, but it's no, actually all the others combined mm. and pollinators, like you say, is, is the most important. So that's a, a very good choice. So Vic... On to you. Yeah, I'm. I'm just going to say this now that everyone else had forewarning of these questions. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't. Say cat. So I. <laughs> no. I definitely won't be cat with me. because I could never live with myself. Um, so I'm actually going to go with frogs, yeah. and when I say frogs, I mean frogs and toads as a whole, like the whole group of them, because um, they're amazing pest control natural pest controllers um you know in some places they actually help keep stuff like mosquito populations down dramatically they're amazing i mean you know they you've got glass frogs and if you look at the underneath you can actually see their internal organs that's pretty cool mm-hmm. um they're also really important indicators of ecosystem health as well and climate change so you know they're, they're kind of just win really and you know they, they some of them have really cool moves to dislodge other frogs or you know stuff so i'm gonna go with with frogs all right that's just me that's, i should have thought of an answer to this shouldn't i <laughs> no. especially you since you made up the question I, did, actually, yeah. I, I have been thinking long and hard oh, about this and i did go for a few i did uh, um i went with dragonflies which you might think oh that's your favorite but actually i think raft spiders are probably my favorite animal but um i'm gonna go with dragonflies because a they're the best predator in animal kingdom so I think there's a study that showed 90% of, of one species flights up to catch, I think, caught something. Um, they're arguably the best flyer in the animal kingdom. They can fly forwards, backwards, um, up, down, upside down, and like any, anything. Um, they've been around for blooming ever, so 300 million years or so. Um, slightly cheating, talking about the one the size of a crow in the Carboniferous Permian time for 300, well, 250, 300 million years ago, because it's technically a griffin fly, not a dragonfly, but same group. You know, you got you got your birds in summer, but of course in summer the birds disappear. You got your butterflies, but you know, a bit flappy and not that interesting. <laughs> Whereas dragonfly... Dragonflies aren't flappy at all, yeah, no. I've, yeah. no they <laughs> I are, barely see the wings well, move. Well, damselflies a bit, actually, to be fair. But, you know, dragonflies flying ridiculously fast, taking out things. Um, there's a dragonfly in the US that takes out hummingbirds. Whoa, um, that's for you, what? Susie. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd get birds in there for you, you know. Um, but I haven't even got to the nymphs. You've got the nymphs in the pond. So, you know, um, yep. you've got a, a thing that breathes through its bottom, literally is its rectum. Its gills are in its intestine, effectively. <laughs> um, Neil, just as I had Ryan's butt was over your face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that it was so me. apt. My apologies. Ryan, Ryan stood up, by the way, guys. Sorry. He wasn't moving. It. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm, I'm they, four whiskeys um, in now, so who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. They they have, uh, what do you call it? Um, hy- not hydrostatic. Um, oh, whatever, you know, whatever they use in uh, the water power, basically, and pressure. They use that to move around. So that they need to move quickly. They can squirt water at their bottom. Literally, it's a jet propulsion from their bum. I mean, what's not art to like about that? Um, but also, they um, have a pair of mouth parts at the front that is on an arm and shoots out forward, which um, uh, Geiger or Ridley Scott, one or two from Alien, was inspired the alien, the xenomorph, the nerds among us, in Alien 
uh, with the whole mouth coming out the mouth thing, that was inspired by Dragon Ball. I mean, one of the greatest sci-fi films ever as well, on top of everything else. So, you know, what's not to like about a Dragonfly? It's brilliant. I mean, they do have a bit of pest control, but yeah. It's my dream this year to be good at IDing Dragonflies. And it was sparked by last year we went to Skylark's Nature Reserve, which is just a nature reserve outside the city here. Mm. And we watched this one. I I don't know what species it was, but it was so aggro. It was attacking (laughs) anything in the sky. Like a leaf would fall and it was Mm. like, I'm having you. (laughs) Was it a big (laughs) blue one? It was amazing to watch. Was it a big, big blue one? Oh, we couldn't get close enough. Oh, right. and, and, yeah. I've seen, I've seen emperors. Mind you, I tell you what, I once saw a large white butterfly go for an emperor dragonfly which, and, no. and win. <laughs> it scared it off, which is insane. Oh, wow. um, because the, the emperor dragonfly would have minced it, but um, it didn't. It's just like okay, that wasn't. It didn't end how I thought it would. Of course, um, it. The only thing that can trump a dragonfly. Is the only thing that eats them commonly uh, when they're flying, which is a hobby. So I nearly went for a hobby, and uh, so you might know you've noticed the FAL in my email. That's for Falcon, because back back in my naive youth, uh, Falcons were my favourite. <laughs> it's it's a something I carry with great shame, <laughs> but I do love a hobby or. You know, anything that takes out dragonflies deserves more respect. But um, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Love dragonflies, but I like hobbies that eat them. But there we go. Yeah, you've come over all funny on your fiftieth episode. <laughs> yeah. I have. It's weird. I've, I've, got, I've gone bird. Is this like a mid mid podcast crisis? <laughs> the the hundred episode. I'll be talking about how great cats too long, are. Haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Come Sorry, guys. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we've even done episodes on cuckoos. Everything why she's not been there. It's terrible. Right. The, uh, I think I think I think the and what I always went for was uh was jumping spiders because they oh. think they uh they're they're one of the most intelligent animals I think they um they they actually apparently like the you look at how they they strategize in in terms of getting their prey and stuff and they show like quite a lot of signs of like sort of um forward planning and all that sort of thing I mean, the other thing could be octopus as well. Oh, I mean, God, I haven't cephalopods. Oh, yes. Oh, Amazing no. animal. I do love my cephalopods, but I've never seen yeah. one alive in the wild. So mm. that, that, it, that, that knocks you down if I haven't seen you alive in the wild mm. in my book. Mm. But then the best animal, it wasn't favourite, it was best. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, see, they are. I mean, I'm reading a book called The Mind of the Octopus, mm. and it is absolutely amazing. Oh, that's a good book, it. actually. Yeah, it's on my list. Yeah. There's actually another one called The Soul of the Octopus, mm. which is also a really good book as well. I still got to watch my Octopus Teacher as well on Netflix. That's meant to be that good. is also really good, yeah. yeah. Right, um, I'm slightly concerned about the alcohol level of some of our guests, so uh, I think we're going to make this the last question, um, which is um, your best ever wildlife encounter. Another tricky one. So, who wants to go first? I'll let one of you volunteer. Anyone going to volunteer? Oh, no one's volunteering. I'm going to randomly pick someone now. Let's go with Rachel. Well, I oh, go I can say I can go first. Go on, a bit. Go on, and Vic. then it gives time every time. Yeah, go on if you um, want. So, probably no surprise here. It is a frog. Um, so I've spent a couple of years, um, not recently, admittedly, but going to the same site in France, trying to find these European tree frogs, which I were told were at this site. They were there in good numbers, and I went time and time again, never found them. And then finally, a couple of years ago, um, I actually went one afternoon and found my first ever European tree frog. And that has to be, I mean, that's a big tick. I love 
Um, well, I love all frogs, but absolutely love tree frogs. And I spent years looking for these things at, on these sites. Um, so I think that probably has to be probably my best ever wildlife encounter, I reckon. The only other one would be potentially seeing a wild Iberian lynx mm. in Spain. That was amazing as well. I did actually cry during that encounter. So mm. uh, it's, a, it's a tough call. That's a good one, that. Emma, what's your best wildlife encounter, do you reckon? Oh, it's a tough one, as yes. as are all of these questions. Um, I've just I've changed my mind three times while we're sitting here. <laughs> so, I'm just like playing my life back on loop and trying yeah. to work out yeah, which highlights pop up. Um, for me, I think there was this, when I was at university, we had a field trip to the Bahamas. So what? I didn't realise at the time how insane that was, and I don't think I appreciated it. But we basically, we were studying marine biology and we're doing coral reef research, having a look at like um, juvenile fish nursery habitats. Um, but there was one amazing day where we we basically snorkeled out to the drop-off part where the reef just f- completely falls away and you end up like snorkeling over what feels like the depths of eternity. And, Have um, you not seen Finding Nemo? Yeah, not at this point. <laughs> go, go, so that, to the that. Don't go to the drop She's off. about to say she got captured and ended up in an aquarium. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Long story short, it was a very expensive journey back from Sydney. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, we, were, we were all snorkelling and, um, and then just like out of the depths, like six black teeth tip reef sharks just kind of rose and they just gathered around us and you could feel everyone everyone starts bunching towards each other a little bit and uh, everyone's Mm. eating themselves slightly and um Mm -hmm. and they came up so close and they they were like a meter away from us but there was the moment where they they look you in the eye and just there was this part of understanding where the fear was gone and you could see kind of their curiosity or at least it felt like it maybe i was just projecting things onto it but it it felt like there was this kind of small understanding of like you're here i'm here this is cool. We're just seeing what you're up to. And for me, that was one of the moments where I was like, holy shit, wildlife is awesome. Mm. And I really want to spend my life (laughs) doing stuff with it, hanging out with it and trying to make sure that it's got a good future. That is pretty amazing. I mean, you you get to go to the Bahamas on your field trip. So I did zoology with marine zoology and we got to go to Anglesey. (laughs) (laughs) I told you it was a story. And (laughs) measure the growth rates of kelp in the Menai Straits. (laughs) I'd still be up for that, to be fair. Not in November, you wouldn't. All right, no. <laughs> and, and a cold November evening. Oh. At low tide. Yeah, no. Wild. Yeah, you're not selling it. <laughs> no. Oh, the Irish Sea in November. That sounds really nice. Yeah, it Far better lovely. than Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Oh. Go on then, Ryan. What's your best wildlife encounter? Um, actually, similar to Emma, I might sound a bit because <laughs> it was in my uh, gap year of travel. Um, which I look like I'm still on, but I'm not. Um, but I was that the last I time was, you got your haircut, Ryan? It, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I went. I was in Australia. We were doing a Whit Sunday Islands tour, so on the pretty much on the Great Barrier Reef, and we spent ten days on a, uh, on, a on a boat basically. And we had to. There's only about twelve of us, so we had to sail it and stuff. And it was really early morning, so we were getting up about four a.m. Um, just because we had to get the boat ready and stuff. And each morning you would just get up and have this dead silence of the sea. Um, not much wave activities or just dead silence. And the sea turtles would come up at around about this time and take their first breath of the morning. And they would just lift their noses out of the water and you'd just hear this 
like that. And you would just, as one did it, you'd start to see all these little heads of sea turtles or of an array of species just coming up and breathing. And that for me, I think was, because there was nothing else around. There was no land, there was no other boats. It was just your boat. And it was a real tranquil moment. And just similar to what Emma said, when I had that moment, it was like, yeah, wildlife's incredible. And you're seeing this and just going like, this is nice. I'm sharing this moment with these animals. I have no idea, but I'm here. And yeah, it was it was one of the times where I was like, I, I want to experience more stuff like this. So yeah, seeing that, I think, was probably the most memorable experience. Amazing. Jack? What's your best... What's your, wait, what's wait, your wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. It's a few drinks in now. Sorry. No, I've only had... He was I'm, lost in your story, I've only Ryan. had the one beer. I'm just picturing sea turtles, that's it. Um, no, yeah, me too. Um, well, really, I, I should choose an underdog because I love like the reptiles and fish and whatever, but I am going to be that person that goes for something big and sexy. And um, I, in 2017, I went to Shetland and um, saw otters and stuff like that. But we, I got a, a text on my phone saying, there are killer whales outside Lerwick. And I was like, all right, well, three-hour drive, chances of seeing them are pretty slim. And we got there and they were still hanging around. And normally when you see whales from from the shore they're miles off but these were at points only a couple of meters from the shoreline so to see wild orcas in the british isles a couple of meters from the shoreline was absolutely insane and the male because uh, the male orc has a, a huge dorsal fin absolutely enormous kind of sailed past me i mean i didn't i just put the camera down like which isn't a great career move for a wildlife photographer <laughs> but i thought well sod this and just breathed it in and it was absolutely incredible so i got in terms of good pictures but as a wildlife encounter i will never forget that just to see i think there was maybe half a dozen there was the calf there was the the matriarch and there was the big male uh absolutely uh amazing and i was going to get in the water to do some wonder because i've got to get in the water with these get some underwater pictures because the ones in shetland are apparently uh, eat herring as like, i don't look like a herring i'll be fine and um, then a seal came up and they just ripped this seal to shreds. And I was like, I'm not getting in there. Screw that. Like, no. So I didn't go in in the end. I, I sort of wish I did, but I I didn't. I don't want to plastered on my tombstone <laughs> devoured by orcas. So um didn't do, do it. Do you anymore. not? <laughs> Would you not? No, want I, I don't mind like nibbled by trout. I can live with that. <laughs> But not developed by orcas. So that no, that no. was in, that was absolutely. I mean, there's been lots of other stuff that's amazing, but I find it amazing. Other people probably wouldn't, but orcas are probably the one that everyone would think, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Come on, Rachel, what's your best encounter? So I think I've close. I think I'm probably going to go with two. Um, so when I was a kid, um, my parents are from South Africa originally, and we went to this um, this national park, like quite near to where my mum grew up, and. And I spotted this is it wasn't actually in South Africa, it was in uh, Namibia uh, where she grew up originally. And we spotted well, I actually spotted a cheetah killing an antelope. And I think I was about seven or six or something. And um yeah, it was I mean, um I think I kinda like at the time when I was a kid, because we were there we were like kinda there on holiday, I kinda like didn't appreciate how how amazing it was, but it was really fantastic. And then I'm sorry, I'm going to plug my own podcast a bit here for the second one. Um, so a couple of years ago, I, I I was like walking around my local park, like trying to find some ladybirds and went to like this, there's this big beech tree at the top of the, at the top of the park. And I 
I saw a 16 spot, um, like, you know, middle of the day when I went, I went sort of went out on my lunch break and I saw a 16 spot and I thought, Oh, that's interesting. Wonder if there are any more there came back like after I finished work and there must've been like 2000 <laughs> or more. I know. And I mean, like I've since seen them cause they, they, they go to that tree like pretty much every year. But like the first time I saw them, it was, it was absolutely incredible. And like, if you start looking at the, cause I found since found like more, aggregations of them like you know you start looking at it you take a photo and there's like about you know in a 10 centimeter or thing that you've taken a photo of there must be like about well over 100 and you start looking at them and you start like looking at all the little patterns and stuff and like how how like the the sort of differences in all the spots and 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 you know oh there, there's like a red one there that you know that all that sort of thing yeah it's just brilliant and yeah so those two uh sightings i think have got to be my best sightings yeah, I do like the big aggregations of ladybirds. I was lucky enough to have some at work in winter, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They were good, they were. Yeah. Susie? Um, I think my best, it, it is hard to choose because I've, I've been lucky enough to have quite a few wildlife encounters that have been meaningful to me. Um, but as uh, I think it was Vicky said earlier, um, whales always make me cry. I don't don't mean to. But I just get so moved when I see them. And um, two years ago, I was lucky enough to go on a a whale watching tour with Mark Carwardine, who's a wildlife photographer and um, conservationist. And uh, we had 10 days in Baja, California, just seeing an amazing number of whales and dolphins. And one particular day, well, apart from seeing these enormous uh, sort of herds, I, I can't remember what you call them when there's lots of dolphins, um, but we also saw um, blue whales a couple of times and, and one of these days uh, there was a blue whale and a fin whale swimming together and we just uh, swam, uh, we, we sailed alongside them and just watched them and it was just awesome to see the size of these animals and um, we also spent some time with the grey whales in uh, one of the lagoons there where they give birth and so we were able to see the calves and and spend some time with with them, and uh, yeah, uh, there was a lot of tears shed on that holiday just because it's so moving to be with such large animals that um, are just really astounding. And yeah, so any encounter with whales has been you know awesome for me. Oh, yeah. We can't beat a good whale. <laughs> no, no, I've I've had a few encounters with them. So Ellie and Ben, me first. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to be a bit <laughs> and then come back down to work. So when I <laughs> when when I was at uni, we also went on a ridiculously extravagant field trip. So we went to um, Borneo to the rainforest. I'm starting to think I and, went to uh, the wrong no, university. I've been really done on my course. I went, I went to Germany well, so, and Spain and Wales. <laughs> oh well, we also you know went to Plymouth. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Exeter from Plymouth a lot on yeah. field trips. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we. We well, I mean, we just saw spiders as big as your head and wild orangutans, and yeah. And this one day, we were up in this um, in the mountains and just looking at. We went up at dawn and watched the the mist rise over the rainforest and heard the dawn chorus. Um, and for years, that stuck with me as the most amazing thing. And t- but then I've I'd forgotten it because I hadn't even thought of that until you guys started talking about the exotic places you went. <laughs> Because that you're is, welcome. 
That's sort of... Yeah. <laughs> well, Emma opened that key door for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you all rose to it. I, oh, we did. You know. we, yeah, we, we grabbed that baton. <laughs> um, well, but that it's... The thing is that that has been replaced in my mind by something which is far less glamorous, which is that we went out to some woods near Nottingham a couple of years ago, two years ago, and we often go out and sleep in the woods overnight um, to just get an early start and just see stuff, see the bats and that. And uh, But we often go and sleep in bags rather than in tents. So <laughs> when you sleep in a bag, you tend not to sleep so well. So I, basically, I wasn't falling asleep. It was about two in the morning. And I thought I heard the sound of rain coming down, really quite strong rain. And after a, f- a few minutes, I just realised that I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel the rain. And what I realised it was, and I didn't see anything, but it was just the sound of millions of small creatures on the woodland floor rustling through the leaves. Wow. And it sounded like the, like rain pattering down. And honestly... That, more than the experience in the rainforest, is the thing that has really stuck with me. And I honestly think about that all the time. And, you know, again, I didn't even see anything. It was just the pure <laughs> sound of it. And uh, it, was, it was mostly slugs, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not romantic. Famously noisy but animals. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, um, <laughs> yeah. that's my best wildlife experience. Always stomping around. <laughs> oh, dear. It's, it's, it, I can now hear wood ants' nests. Because it's a similar sort of thing, you can hear them walking around. It's, it's my ears now tuning. <laughs> Where you get to as a naturalist sometimes is quite scary. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like today, I I saw a nettle leaf move, and I didn't see the insect, but I knew it was a scorpion fly because of the way it, it shook the leaf and flew. I just saw the. Uh, oh, I just I was just like, what is happening? You know, <laughs> can't remember can't remember other podcast host names, but. <laughs> The best way to locate great green bush crickets is actually by their call, not by trying to find them. Yeah, that is true. And Ellie? this is why we revere you. Yeah. <laughs> by the way. Revere. That's a, I've, heard, I've heard people have done certain things towards me. <laughs> not revere, though. Veer away. <laughs> that, that's quite popular, actually. But anyway, yes, move swiftly on to your... your Best encounter, Ellie, if, if you got your own one. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to shut the wacky door. Yeah. Because uh, I could I could have gone down the gap yard route as yeah. well and saw some amazing things. Blah, blah, blah. But I didn't. She's just, she's just teasing it to say she couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. That's, like, that's like a double I could have picked show. one of my she gap just years. just that for our own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> On my gap yard. Uh, no, it was just last November. We um, I've been going to Attenborough Nature Reserve to just check out the Starling Murmuration for a couple of years and always seem to miss it for some somehow this is in Nottingham obviously and last year we got a tip off that they'd actually moved to a different nature reserve um just near Newark uh called Langfield Lowlands so we both went and just drove out there one evening to listen to, to see the starling murmuration and it I, I don't think it was even as big as obviously they can get but honestly I have never I actually cried well I, I do actually cry at a lot of things to be fair <laughs> But like, it was so moving and the sound of all of their wings coming overhead was just phenomenal. It just went absolutely through me. Um, they were so close. They, were, they feel like they're six feet above your head. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how far they actually are, but the sound of it is incredible. 
Yeah, so I think that one's that one's got to do it for me. But I am also like a child, so it depends on what the thing is that I saw that day. That is, yeah, if I'm you terrible. ask me, so. <laughs> oh god! I mean, I've got, I've got to pick one now, haven't I? Yeah. Yes, Neil, you have. Oh god! See, there's a style of memoration at Arundel once, and a sparrowhawk come along, and you could see it go through the crowd. That's pretty cool. Um, I remember as a kid walking down, walking to a friend's house, and a canary went screeching overhead bashed into a window and before you know that recoil in the air um i thought it was a kestrel at the time but i wonder now if it's a sparrowhawk caught it mid-flight and disappeared which was just extraordinary someone's pet went missing um <laughs> God. but oh see i've seen minky whales but you you know i've been totally blown out of water on that one i did i can't beat killer whales i did once lay on a catamaran out of penzance and have um common dolphins um bow riding right in front of me um, you know, if I was any closer, I'd have been breathing in there. <laughs> Lucky I haven't got a sense of smell because that probably would have been quite unpleasant. <laughs> That's what I hear. Um, but do you know what? I'm going to go, oh, it's a tough one. It's either the grass snake diving into a pond when, ironically, I was doing Great Critted New eDNA um, surveying and demonstrating it to two people. And a friend of mine had witnessed this happen before. The grass snake dived down, come up towel first, Great crested newt in its mouth, which was something you know, because it's one of those textbook things, isn't it? Seeing a, a grass snake eating, but I think I'm going to go with um, Scoma at night. I stayed over two nights, and I was there. Uh, a couple of people I met that had literally got tickets last second and gone over there with um, on the same boat as me, and we're um, on one of the paths, and they'd said because I don't even you know there's Manx shearwaters there, which are the most useless bird on land ever, apart from maybe grebes. Um, they're very front heavy and they have to land at night because if they land in the daytime, the gulls just come down and eat them because they're so clumsy, they can't get to their burrows. Um, and the guidance we got given, it just conflicts. So someone hit, listen here, I'm like, oh, you want me to have your torches on? Well, I was told you can have your torches on briefly, you know, and just don't shine it on the birds too long. And someone was standing behind me, shining a torch into my camera bag because I was swapping lenses and it's, you know, I'm not good enough to swap in the dark. And I heard the guy behind me go, ow! And I felt something just brush the back of my head. And I sort of froze, and everyone froze a few seconds and no one said anything. I went, did it just land? And they went, stay absolutely still. There was a um, Manx shearwater sat in the hood of my oh, coat. No. <laughs> and it crashed, crash landed, bounced off. This other guy just landed in my hood. Um, And there is a picture of that somewhere online. Um, I might have to share it after this podcast again. But that was, um, yeah, you know, um, (laughs) just one of those experiences you just don't forget. And the noise make Shearwaters make. I I think Yolo Williams played a sound, didn't he, Vic, for us? It's it's really really eerie, though, if you've ever stayed over on Skoma. It's really mm. eerie when you hear that noise at two o'clock in the morning. Because I think the sailors used to think those islands were haunted yeah, they didn't did. they, and stuff. Because yeah. it does sound. But yeah, I, I think I'm going to go. I went with a bird oh, again. What like? Oh, what's happened to me? Neil, what? I think you're nice to Susie's podcast yeah. too much. Come <laughs> <laughs> kind of a health warning, Susie. <laughs> oh, but yes, that was good. Well, I think we better wrap up there before um, Vic collapses. Um, or actually, well, I don't know. Ryan might collapse first. I'm grand. What are you on about? <laughs> I'm absolutely yeah. fine. I thought you were on like, your fir- fifth whiskey or something. You, you mean I'm grand? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic Tuesday for Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think one question someone did suggest, though, was um, to ask all of you, um, who's the best freshwater um, 
freshwater life photographer and why is it me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with Jack here. I thought that would be quite a... What, oh, what, you're saying you're the best? Well, no. oh, well, I, I thought that was a joke, was it? <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So anyway, Into the Wild is available on go. all good podcast apps and I strongly... Yeah. <laughs> I was about to get to that. Will you go first, right? Ryan? Introduce, uh, you're going to go round, round circle, last thing. Ryan, uh, we just quickly tell us your podcast, where to find it and little note on what it's about. Absolutely. Into the Wild on everything. And yeah. at Into the Wild Pod on Twitter, at Into the Wild Podcast on Instagram. Um, and I mean, that's really it, isn't it? It's a yeah. podcast about wildlife, nature, and all things conservation. So we don't leave any stone unturned. We're willing to chat about anything and kind of get yeah. a nice level chat about all issues within nature and wildlife around the world. Yeah, we well, some cool guests as well. You have most episodes, isn't it? You've got a guest, so yeah. Emma, far away. Uh, so I host and produce a podcast called For What It's Earth uh, with my friend Lloyd. Um, and the whole general premise of it is it's nature, environment, climate change, sustainability, any of those topics. Uh, we pick a topic each week, kind of break it down, make it a little bit more digestible than you might find in the headlines and try and give you examples or ideas of things that you can do to kind of try and help save the planet a little way uh, in your day to day life to, you know, try and empower all of us that are struggling with eco anxiety. Um, so that's that's good fun. Yeah, you can just search for what it's Earth podcast on uh every major podcast platform and you should hopefully find it and we're on most of the social medias as well jack far away uh, yeah i i host the bearded tits podcast and uh, i take a light-hearted look uh, at all these weird and wonderful people that are interested in in wildlife from tv presenters to artists singers uh, anyone i can grab off the street really and we just talk about different wildlife <laughs> subjects sometimes i rant about wildlife on there as well so yeah we're on twitter facebook if you just google i was gonna say google bearded tip podcast so it should come up <laughs> bearded tip bearded tip just be the bird. i'm thinking I about think being rude it wouldn't be rude it would just yeah. be a bird yeah. so that's absolutely yeah. fine i think you come up top i think i'll <laughs> yeah, search for it yeah, they to find something. Working. rachel yeah so my podcast is called hidden wings and bloodlust and you can find it on all good podcast apps uh, it's actually just come out on Garner, which is the Indian podcast app, which is uh, pretty exciting. You can follow me on um, Twitter at HWAB podcast or on Instagram at 365.ladybird. And as you can probably tell, the podcast is all about ladybirds. And usually I'm doing an episode on a ladybird, like a different kind of ladybird or a ladybird related topic. I think I've done gone quite in depth into like various various events that can happen and I also interview guests from time to time so like the latest one I did was on with uh, Helen Day who runs the Ladybird Books podcast it's like I'm quite interested in sort of ladybirds and how they sort of relate to popular culture and stuff as well I've got an episode coming out quite soon on the 1976 ladybird invasion as well (laughs) so um, yeah, so it's just basically everything to do with ladybirds doesn't necessarily have to be scientific or terribly accurate, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you like ladybirds, you know where to go. Yeah, now. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Susie, who has the longest running podcast of any of us, I believe. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, just coming up on its hundredth episode, but I've been running for um, over three years now, three and a half years. Uh, it's the Casual Birder podcast. And it's 
a gentle podcast all about the joy of birds. Um, I take bird walks with people or solo. I have single episodes and I have interview episodes, but mainly the interviews are, are more like conversations. So it's just really finding out about other birders, finding out about the birds they've seen and talking about uh, the birds that I encounter as well. And I, you can find me everywhere. And it's at Casual Birder Pod um, on Twitter. And it sounds like you can now extend it to the joy of bird sex. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I have a whole episode, episode on it. Yeah. Yeah, when we do your now, yeah. episode can we <laughs> next week <laughs> but it's oh, already it's week. already sorted so <laughs> so it won't be that oh, 101 start start the next lot well um ellie and ben Over you do you. it you do it oh wow <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're Ellie and Ben, and we um, co-host the uh, Wildlife Garden. It. What it's called? The Wildlife Garden podcast. But we are absolute babies compared to the rest of you because we've only done about seven episodes. We're right? going to break double Woo. figures tomorrow. Yeah, Woo. but it's going really well because we have fantastic listeners. So yes, um, enjoying it a lot. But where can they find us? Google us. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> And we talk, we talk obviously all about wildlife gardening. So, yeah, just... talk a lot about plants, which lots of other people don't do so much. Yeah. And uh, we do book reviews and we've got some upcoming guests as well. Excellent. Well, well, I can only say thank you to all of you for coming on because it's been, it's been nowhere near as chaotic as I thought, <laughs> which I don't know if that's a good or bad. <laughs> yeah, massive thank you. Massive thank you to good. all of you for coming on for our, our 50th. Thanks for having yeah. us all on. This has been lovely. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks for getting to your 50th as well. I think, yeah, I think it's going to, I think it might have to be repeated. Or if, if everyone writes it and say it was awful, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let's, let's, let's see what the audience is like first. Yeah. Yeah, but what if another oh, 10 podcasts start up between wow. now and the next one? Yeah. <laughs> Oh god! Yeah. Yeah. Don't know anyone right else. Now. Yeah. <laughs> has yeah. anyone grabbed a picture? We need to have a picture of this. If no one has, oh, let's get yeah, another yeah, picture yeah. before and after. There's definitely more room in our auditorium. Yeah, we're not very yeah, well spread is. out, no. are we? <laughs> Emma's no, we taking social one more, distance um, very one more. <laughs> This is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Kit had joined, it'd have been a much more, you know, you know, neater nine yeah. squares then, wouldn't it? You know, and we had around 10 people. The entire episode, I was just like worrying about how big my head looks compared to everyone else. <laughs> we can change that, don't worry. There we go, there we go. <laughs> Live editing, look at that. <laughs> but I think we better finish that because people are going to yeah, be on we're what, grand what we're talking about. Basically, on the grid and what we're looking at, um, there's nine squares. Uh, that, it could be nine squares, but it's actually only eight, so it's all just... You know, everyone unevenly sized and everything. But yes, I think we better wrap it up there because uh, <laughs> people listening will be going, what are they talking about? So thank you so much for listening, everybody. And um, go check out those other podcasts we've mentioned. Go to Goo about. I listen to all of them. And I genuinely mean that. I'm, I'm working my way through the ones I'm a bit behind on at the moment. But um, I have listened to at least five episodes of each of everyone. I won't say which ones are which though. <laughs> everybody's and go check them out now guys um yeah and yeah thanks for listening and well we do the bit where we tell you where to find us now at the end so uh see you next time guys and hopefully have another 50 episodes thank you so much thank you thank you so much bye bye 
Thank you for listening to the UK Wildlife Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do subscribe and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast service you use. You can follow us on Twitter at UK Wildlife Pod, or one word. Or on Instagram at UK Wildlife Podcast. And like us on our Facebook page, UK Wildlife Podcast. And you can also post to the UK Wildlife Podcast community group. If you would like to share your wildlife news or sightings with us on Instagram or Twitter, then please tag us in the post and use the hashtag UK Wildlife Podcast. And you can now support us through our Buy Me A Coffee account, which you can find at buymeacoffee.com forward slash UK Wildlife Pod, where you can give us a one-off bit of support or join our membership scheme. Head there to find out more. This episode was edited by Oscar Henderson. You can find him on Instagram at oscar.creates. Right, um, everyone recording? What was it? What was your idea, Susie? <laughs> Just get start. I think you were going to say one, two, three, then we were all going to say one, two, three, yes. That was it. Like that. One, two, three. One, two, one, two three, 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 yes. 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 Oh, that was roughly in sync. Good luck with that, Oscar. <laughs> God bless you, man. Sorry. <laughs> I think I have to send some beer or something for this one. For this one.